What do Oprah Winfrey, a major golf tournament, a basketball game, and a victory parade all have in common? They were the headlines all day until suddenly they weren't. Welcome to Top Fold, a podcast about all the news that would have been. I'm your host, Luke Hefley. Here at Top Fold, we explore monumental events that didn't make the top story only because that spot was already taken. Sports are a big deal, a really big deal, not only in the United States, but all over the world. Pick a day, almost any day, and the headlines from the sports world could probably lead the news in general. It's more than just which team won or lost, who succeeded or who failed, stats and numbers. Since the Roman days of the Olympics and before, the contest of brawn, intelligence, and sometimes just good old-fashioned luck has made millions want to watch the battle. When it's over, hands are shaken, congrats and condolences are given, and the optimism of, we'll get them next time, has prevailed for more than a millennium. So on any midsummer day in June, sports would be on a lot of people's minds. But on this day, even more so. So many sporting activities, stories, and angles were newsworthy. First, golfing legend Arnold Palmer and the U.S. Open Golf Championship. In a career that lasted six decades, Palmer won 62 PGA titles and is fifth on the all-time victory list behind only Tiger Woods, Sam Snead, Jack Nicholas, and Ben Hogan. Palmer was a true ambassador for the sport, congenial, professional, and an all-around good guy. Arnold Palmer was in the sunset of his career. At 64, Palmer declared this was his last official U.S. Open, and the world wasn't just watching. They were rooting for him. He hadn't competed in this tournament in 11 years, but he wanted to give it one last try. Officially titled the United States Open Championship, the Open is unique. Amateurs can actually qualify their way into the field and play against the pros. Many hackers and duffers dream of playing their way into the U.S. Open. Multiple movies, the most famous being Tin Cup with Kevin Costner, portray the Open as the golf tournament where dreams are made. If you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend it. The Open that year was held at Oakmont Country Club in Oakmont, Pennsylvania. This was a very special place for Palmer. Not only is Pennsylvania his home state, but his very first U.S. tournament as an amateur was at the Oakmont Country Club, and now, so would be his last. Well, if that was the only sports story of the day, that would be enough. But no, hold on. Just over 640 miles from the Oakmont Country Club, there was a huge celebration going on at Soldier Field in Chicago. FIFA's World Cup was finally in the United States. What the world calls football, we call soccer. And it was in town, nine towns actually, all over the country. And it was big time. None other than Oprah Winfrey emceed the event, and the overflow crowd heard performances from John Cicada, Daryl Hall, and Diana Ross. Even President Bill Clinton was on hand to help get the ceremony started. With Germany defeating Bolivia at Soldiers Field and Spain and South Korea ending the game tied at two that evening in Dallas, Texas, and the FIFA World Cup opening ceremonies should have been enough for this to be a banner day in sports. But oh no, my friend, I'm just getting started. New York City had two huge events on that day alone. First, after 54 years, the New York Rangers were the Stanley Cup champions. The city loved this hockey team, and it showed. On this day, there was a ticker tape parade down Broadway in what they call the Canyon of Heroes. One and a half million New Yorkers came to get a glimpse of the new champions. 
Just hours later that evening, Madison Square Garden hosted the finals of the NBA. The seven-game series between the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets featured two of the game's greatest centers. Both at seven feet tall, Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon wheeled their respective teams into the finals, and it was an epic battle. These two not only made history, they had history. Just a decade before, both men had led their teams to the finals of the NCAA Basketball Championships, with Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas defeating Olajuwon's Houston Cougars and Ewing walking away with the game's MVP. Well, fast forward 10 years, and the battle of the big men was on once again, and it was epic. All eyes were on these two going at it, and it was a great series. While the game started at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. on the West Coast to gain the highest possible viewing audience, all eyes should have been on the game. But they weren't. Many people just weren't watching. Were people just not interested in the game? Was it a blowout? By no means. Tied at 69 apiece going into the fourth and final quarter, it was anyone's game. 19,763 fans inside Madison Square Garden were watching Olajuwon and Ewing battle it out. Hardly anyone outside the arena was still doing the same. Sportscasters Marv Albert and Bob Costa, along with the NBC execs, were doing their best to balance this great game and a major outside interference. So what had everyone's attention so that nothing else mattered? Not the World Cup opening ceremonies with Oprah and President Clinton. Not Arnold Palmer and the Everyman's Tournament. Not a victory parade in New York City. Nor even Game 5 of the NBA Finals. In the middle of the second quarter, Tom Brokaw of NBC News broke in with a report that would change the way we look at car chases, crime, and celebrities forever. Multiple news helicopters, hundreds of L.A. police, thousands of spectators, and millions of viewers were all following a white Ford Bronco with O.J. Simpson. While his lifelong friend and former teammate Al Cowlings drove, Simpson was in the back seat with a cell phone in one hand and a pistol in the other. NBC, Channel 5 Chicago, did a split screen with the chase taking over more and more of the screen. While the game was still going on, the station finally gave up and covered the chase entirely with the newscasters giving a play-by-play, not of the game, but of the infamous Bronco chase. If you're under 30, you probably only know Simpson as an accused double murderer. So many at this time remembered him as a Hall of Fame football player, commercial spokesman, sportscaster, and B-movie actor. Watching the slow chase back to his home was just unbelievable. You couldn't take your eyes off of it. On NBC, Brokaw gives the third quarter score and then shortly after read from what he called an O.J. Simpson suicide note. The world held its breath for the next 50 minutes. This must-see TV started when people were getting off work and making dinner plans, and instantly the country was captivated. Well-laid plans changed, and people stayed home glued to their televisions. According to BusinessInsider.com, Domino's sold more pizzas that day than any day ever before. At 7 p.m. along the East Coast, viewers had witnessed Simpson's longtime friend, Robert Kardashian, yep, Kardashian, read a letter from Simpson declaring his love for Nicole and ended with, I've had a great life. So an hour later, when news broke that there was a white Ford Bronco in a slow chase on a Los Angeles freeway, the country was watching. Over 95 million to be exact. A number of players even admitted that after the basketball game, they watched the TV in the players' lounge and locker room. Just before 8 p.m. local time, the Bronco pulled into Simpson's Brentwood home. 
the world was watching and wondering what would happen next. At 8.47, it was finally over. O.J. Simpson surrendered, and shortly thereafter, he was driven to the police station downtown. The next day, the next week, and for weeks to come, the chase, as it would be known, and the events that unfolded in regards to this brutal double murder would be discussed in every coffee shop, barber shop, beauty shop, and mechanic shop. Everyone had an opinion and wanted to share it. Even on a day with so many monumental sporting events, Palmer and golf, World Cup soccer all over the nation, a parade in New York City, and Game 5 of the NBA Finals, all eyes were on an infamous white Bronco and a slow chase on a Los Angeles freeway. For what it's worth, Arnold Palmer didn't make the cut that Friday afternoon, but instead claimed a lifetime full of memories and adulation from a roaring crowd and even his competitors. The great Ernie Els from South Africa won his first major championship the following Monday in a three-way playoff for the victory. The USA men's soccer team? They would lose in the round of 16 to the eventual champion, Brazil. Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets did win the NBA Finals in an epic come-from-behind seven-game battle. Olajuwon got the victory, and this time, he was declared the series' most valuable player. But on that Friday night, June 17, 1994, the entire sports world took a backseat to a former sports figure who had literally been in one for hours. And there you have it, all the news that would have been. Thank you for joining us this week on Top Fold. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Top Fold Podcast. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. All my sources and research can be found at topfold.buzzsprout.com. There along with other things that bring history to life. I'd like to thank David Wagler for the music. And if you like the show, please rate us and give us a review. Or simply tell a friend. That would be great. So until next time, there you have it, all the news that would have been.